0: Game, what are you looking at sir I'm looking at you miss run that
1: baby I'm not the zodiac
0: and if I was
1: I certainly wouldn't tell you
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special bonus episode of the One Heat Minute Productions podcast. I'm your host, Blake Howard. No, this is not a bonus episode of Light the Fuse. Thank you to my boys, Drew and Charles. This is in fact a conversation with me and filmmaker Christopher McQuarrie. He is the writer and director of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is coming out in Australian cinemas on July 8th, Saturday, Let me get to go back and see it for a third time oh my god the movie is sensational you must see it i'm so lucky to have had a chance to talk to him again i spoke to him 11 years ago with my dear friend garth franklin at his australian press junket for jack reacher he's also the filmmaker of course mission impossible fallout mission impossible rogue nation he jumped in and did some writing on mission impossible ghost protocol and he's the writer and director of The Way of the Gun. This was a great chat. I couldn't wait to talk to Mr. Macquarie and man, I'm pretty flabbergasted, because it kicks off with him actually knowing about what we do. Absolutely wild. Take a listen, enjoy. It's a short interview, as these things often are. But man, was it a treat to talk to him riding high. We are. We are. Doing or is 20.
1: it 19 casual <laughs> minutes and then one <laughs> no, really it's, intense? Well, heat I'm. Minute. I'm
0: a friend of your, uh, the great like, Fuse Boys, and so we're kind of. Oh, consistent. you're
1: the. You do the thing about heat. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know exactly. Yes. One heat minute is the, right. Okay. Awesome.
0: Yes. Excellent. Firstly, now that I'm sitting in front of you, thank you for Maverick. It was absolutely. Wow. My favorite movie of last year. Obsessed with it. I've watched it countless times. I know that's how you measure. The success of your movies, if People can go back and watch it.
1: Uh, It's the greatest review you could ever give. Oh, thank you. Well, that's great. And repeat viewing, yeah.
0: 11 years ago, we met in Australia on a round table for Jack Reacher. Oh, my goodness. And it was a long time. You'd just come out of movie jail, as you say. Yes. And now we're here. And And now I'm on
1: my way back in. So,
0: what's the perfect? We're a colony, so, you know, it's a good place to start. Perfect. Um, The movie is absolutely mouthwateringly sensational. I I wanted to feel... That's how I want to feel when I leave a movie theatre is how I felt at Dead Reckoning. So so I want to say to you, it's funny though, because I know you're a big fan. Eric Genderson and yourself, co-writer, loved the movie The Conversation. Yes. And wrote a pilot that never got made. Yep. And when I... Two pilots. Two pilots for it. Um... I saw The Conversation recently, and there's a moment where I'd never tracked it before. I love the movie. I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. At the trade show, Gene Hackman's character is talking to someone, Harry, and in the background, someone walks past with a saxophone. And I'd never clocked it before. I have to go watch the movie. You have to go watch the movie. <laughs> so when, they, when that happens, wow. I was like, oh, my God, because then at the end of the movie, it's the great crescendo. He's telling his whole apartment yes. apart, but he's playing the saxophone and still... That's in his life, and I feel like when I watched th- your movie Dead Reckoning this time, I was like, "This is tearing everything we know about the IMF down." It's like yes. it's like it's you're tearing it down from the inside, and you're taking it back. And was that? I know you now. This is your well after helping with Ghost, and then doing Dead mm-hmm. Reckoning, and then Fallout. I oh, am sorry that um, uh, Rogue Nation, and then Fallout, and then now Dead Reckoning. Was that? You, You've come. You've built yourself all these rules with all these scripts over these years, and it's like, how do I take it back to its most elemental thing?
1: Well, the most elemental thing for Eric Jenderson and I was, uh, should you choose to accept? Yes. The notion that that is included in every message, and what is the meaning behind that? What, yes. Where where did that? Wh- wh- how did that become part of the format? Yeah. For the missions that that. That they're, that they're given, that it isn't an order, it's an offer, yes. which he thought was really interesting. And also within that were the, the two key words, was choose and accept, and, mm. and dead reckoning, one and two, become all about choice and acceptance and, yes. the, many, and the, the many ways you can interpret those ideas. Everything emanated from that. So that whole scene with uh Carrie Elwes and the go- and the the going over the i m f and wh- who they are and what they're about uh it, it seemed both necessary and somewhat redundant in yes. the story uh What we do all the time with these movies is we're constantly, as we did with Top Gun Maverick, we don't take for granted that you've seen previous Mission Impossibles. Yes. Um, In Fallout, when we first meet the team, we we didn't shoot the banter between the team and when we edited the scene together, we realized we'd made a terrible mistake. We were taking for granted that you knew who these people were. Yes. So we just went even deeper on this one. We just said, if you've never seen a Mission Impossible movie before, what is Mission Impossible? And Let's rebuild it from the ground up and Dead Reckoning 1 and 2 are, if, if they were the only Mission Impossible movies you had ever seen, how would we tell the complete story? And when Henry Cerny came back into the fold, it felt, it, it made sense that we go even further back into Ethan's past. So that's what you're feeling resonating through the movie.
0: Yeah, thank you for Henry Sony coming back. It was oh. like, it was, I mean, I'm sure you had a ball, but he he looks like he's having more fun than almost anyone in this whole movie.
1: He's so extraordinary, and he's he is such a remarkably underrated actor and also very gifted in the way he He understands Kittredge, he understands that that tone, but he understands the language. Um, So much of what you're seeing Henry doing is rewriting his dialogue, but with the addition of a word. Yes. It's it's not, Alec Baldwin was was great at coming in and rearranging all of the information in a way that made it more musical. Henry will just add a critical word here and there. When he says, willingly whispered one word to us he added the word willingly and what that implies when he says not one of our allies has willingly whispered one word of it to us willingly implies <laughs> we're spying on everybody <laughs> it's like a very very clever addition of a word base note lowercase, all one word that's yeah. Henry he just added his own his own authenticate his own designator
0: and also that we're also getting this out. We're coercing it out of them that they're actually doing it. So yes, it's, just, it's just that little, like, dark.
1: Yes. Sort of. And when he says uh, the uh, "face to authentic face," yes, he added "authentic," yeah. and it's just it's little things that he does. These little flourishes and touches that are not none. None of it is indulgent. It's all considered. It's all storytelling. It's all underlining the 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 reality that 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 character is is living in uh and it's 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 just great it's a privilege to have to have someone like that that when you're doing it it's not it's not just somebody who's just reading the script and trying to make it musical they really understand the story and understand the the stakes and the character and he's, he's just great with what he brings to it
0: i love what you did in venice and rome we'll, we'll get to rome but um i've actually been lost in venice myself traveling so the sense of ethan running for something through the maze of venice just felt like that's another part of what you're doing is going back to that choice and whether you accept it and then when you get your target your person that you have to save your objective that you have to run through a maze to get there was just another thing and I, i just Every, every part of the framing, all of the editing through those tight-knit places and the phenomenal action scene with Pom. Was that, I know that you guys cast almost locations before you mm-hmm. start to map your story out. So yes. was it, did, did you have an experience in Venice where you were like, this place is, not only is it stunning, but it's a maze.
1: Well, we'd been there several times and it was a place we wanted to shoot and we knew we didn't want to shoot a boat sequence yes. there. Um, we didn't We didn't want to, we, 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 it, it felt very typical yeah. to make Venice about the canals, and when you took that away, what you were left with was a maze, <laughs> yeah. and it is—it really is a, 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 a maze. It's a labyrinth. Uh, so that's really what what dictated it. We we also knew we wanted to do a sequence at night. Um, we wanted a more we wanted a more ghostly and a more haunting place, and that's. That's the... If there's any one thing that resonates throughout the movie, it's that. It's a ghost story. Yes. When it, the Cary scene, when they're yeah. telling the story of, of the entity, we couldn't... Nothing was working with the exposition in that scene. Um, it all just felt like information until I was directing Charles Parnell and I said, tell it to me like you're telling a ghost story. And that that changed the way all the other actors started to to do it that's really where we found the scene venice is a ghost story uh uh the 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 whole story of gabriel when yes. they're telling the story of it's a ghost story within a ghost story um and the notion that the imf are referred to as ghosts, ghosts. so that and and the, the notion of your past coming back to haunt you it's it's all it it's all something that permeated organically it was it was nothing we were ever in pursuit of it's just what we felt coming through the story and we just leaned into it
0: i got to see the movie a couple of days ago i'm really excited to see it again as i do with i've seen all of the movies that you make um but one of my friends said the addition of uh, a great film critic katie walsh uh, for the la Times said the addition of shea wiggum's face frustrated his <laughs> it, it, exasperation is yeah. exactly what I didn't know that I needed in a Mission Impossible movie but I yes. loved every minute of it so you're talking about Charles Manolo uh, just Shay Wiggum and, and obviously the legendary Tarzan from Maverick um, yes. together as a double act tell me about him being in the movie because he's just as Jasper Briggs he's just fantastic
1: uh, Shea approached me at a party in Los Angeles we were at a dinner party <laughs> um, I had never met him um I deeply admired him and he walked up to me and said, man, I love what you guys do, I love Mission Impossible. I wanna be in a Mission Impossible. And he said, how do I get in Mission Impossible? And I said, this is it, That's great, good, you're done. This, and this I, is the pitch. Yeah, and I left the party and I called Tom and I said, uh, I said, this guy wants to be in the movie and I think it'd be great to have him. And Tom said, doing what? I said, I have no idea. I have no idea, but I think he'd be really good in the movie. And we called Tarzan uh, because we, we loved him in Top Gun, but he was in a very small role, very yes. small but, Im- but important part. Uh, and I remember watching the dailies to that movie. I hadn't even seen the edited footage yet. I was watching the dailies of him black out during that, mm. when, he, when he goes into G-lock. And I was so affected by his performance um particularly in that what you're seeing in top gun when you see them in that cockpit there's no one there to direct them you can't talk them through those performances they they leave with their notes and come back and that's what you get here it is um and when 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 i i encourage people all the time to go back after they've watched this movie once hopefully when it comes out on on home video you'll be able to sit back and watch it Watch it with no sound on and just watch the performances of of actors like Tarzan yeah. when, when he's behind somebody else, when he, just the flourishes that those characters bring, the level of commitment and the level of presence that they all have in moments when they're not the, when they're not the, the focus. Yes. They are neither drawing focus nor are they nor are they waiting for their moment. There's an incredible, incredible presence. When we called Tarzan to ask him to be in it, um, I, I just, I said, you know, we, we loved working with you in Top Gun. We'd love you to come and be in this movie. You're, you'll be Shea Wiggum's partner. I don't know what Shea Wiggum's <laughs> doing in the movie. So I don't, I don't know that Shea will have any lines. I don't know that you will have any lines this could end up being the most glorified extra role ever. And the whole time I'm explaining this, I, Tarzan is just going, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's very quietly listening. And I realized that the more I'm trying to, the more honest I'm being and trying to make the role sound appealing, I'm just blowing it. I'm making it sound like the most <laughs> uninteresting <laughs> wasted role. And I, I, I realized this is just going very, very badly right at the point where I think I'm tanking it, Tarzan says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you. Did you, Mission Impossible? Yes, of course, I thought I could be so cool. I can't handle it. He's like, of course I'll be there. Of course, oh my God, Mission Impossible. And he was great. He was, he He and Shay were fully committed in, in, in running around Venice, not knowing why they were running, <laughs> not knowing, there were times where they were chasing Tom and. Tom was it you know and they couldn't be in the same frame together so they were just and we were just kind of finding the roles as we went it was such a tremendous leap of faith in that they never knew whether or not their roles would even yeah. register in the movie and it's a testament to their to their presence that they resonate as well as they do and Shay's last moments in the in the, in the film are extraordinary and it's all it's 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 what he as a as an actor brings to it more than more than anything that's on the page
0: let's go to rome rome is dangerous when you're crossing the street as a pedestrian yes (laughs) just as a normal person yeah so getting in and doing those incredible stunts around those cobblestone streets and then giving yourself the even bigger problem of doing it in a tiny fiat which skates yes around those stones can you tell me about when when was that idea When did that come up uh, with you and Tom to say, we've got to do something in Rome and we're going to give ourselves the bigger problem of, we're going to do it on Well We
1: we describe every action sequence as a pebble rolling downhill and turning into an avalanche. And the first pebble was during fallout and I was scouting Paris and I found this little Fiat Cinquecenta Ah. parked on a side street. I actually took a photograph of it and ended up posting it not too long ago. That was where the idea was born. The notion of Tom driving that sort of car in a car chase, I thought would be funny, and I had that in my pocket. We knew we wanted to shoot a sequence in Rome, but didn't know what that sequence was. And when I was scouting Rome and driving around the city, I realized this is, this is a very difficult city <laughs> to drive around. Why wouldn't you have a car chase <laughs> in a city like this? Uh, then the notion of tom being handcuffed to whoever it was he was in the in that car chase with if only to make it that much more difficult having done multiple car chases with tom as ethan yes what could what would the next layer be um so that was the and 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 with that each each notion uh as you started to put those together they inspired other ideas which inspired other ideas which spawned the sequence that you're that you're seeing what we couldn't predict was the unpredictability of the the surface yes the the, the cobblestone streets make all of that precision driving imprecise and unpredictable yes um and, and so then everything else we had <laughs> layered on top of it, made that more complicated. Tom was now driving with one hand instead of two, and he was handcuffed to the person that he was with, and he's in this tiny little car, which meant you couldn't put the camera on it that you wanted to put on it. We tried to put a proper film camera with an anamorphic lens, would I'm have just weighed the, the car and tip over. Oh, it looked like an outrigger. It <laughs> it was it was it, it was so big. The car it looked like when they put the brontosaurus ribs on Fred <laughs> Flintstone's car. So the Fiat the Fiat took over the sequence. It dictated the kind of cameras we could use, the camera positions, the lenses, everything about it. We ended up having to relearn everything we thought we knew about car chases, all because of that car. That car just took over. It it was the Fiat that ate Rome. (laughs) And similar was Tom in the desert with that horse. Yes. Um, We originally shot a whole journey that he was taking through the desert. There was a sequence of him searching for Elsa. There's miles of astonishing looking desert footage that we were never able to use in the film. That horse really believed he was the star of the film. So horse, <laughs> his name is Zeus. He's an incredible, he's beautiful uh, thoroughbred horse. There was no controlling that horse. That one, one, And once you yelled action, the horse knew. Th- the horse. Knew. So when Tom was doing that bit where he's laying down with the horse and having to do that get up, <laughs> no one on the set could say anything, because the minute the horse knew the camera was rolling, it just got up and went. Uh, and you can see the horse waiting for its cue. Uh, <laughs> The, the whole movie was like that there were there were, the the environment was dictating uh how we shot things and and uh, and dictating what the story and the action were and that carries on into part two the arctic is like that you'll as you'll see
0: speaking of that i've got no more time to talk to you but um dead reckoning how far is part two through because i know you filmed a chunk of it right
1: yeah we filmed a chunk of it we've shot Africa. We've shot the Arctic. Um, there's an entire storyline involving characters you've yet to meet mm. and yet to hear about, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, the, the, I would say probably, if I had to guess, probably forty percent of the movie, maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little less. The very, very big action, the, the biggest, most complicated sequence is yet to come. Well, I'm gonna get out of here. Thank All you right. so much. Chris, Great lovely. See you again. Lovely to see you again too. Thank you. I love the shirt. It's good it's
0: after being knocked for six that Christopher Macquarie had heard of one heat minute, he then complimented my shirt from the beautiful brianna ashby our one heat minute productions logo incredible guys i hope you enjoyed the interview if you want to see the interview the only place you can get your eyes on it is patreon forward slash one heat minute support us for as little as a dollar a month you can support all of our shows one heat minute all the president's minutes increment vice josie and the Podcasts, zodiac chronicle podcaster and commander pod thomas anderson and so much more we have midnight run through coming up later in the year we've got new shows to announce if you love what we do that's the best place you can support us we appreciate you so much if you want to follow me on the socials it's one blake minute pretty much everywhere ohm pods on twitter and instagram for the show or just visit oneheatminute.com. you can see all of our shows those that have been completed those that are coming up everything is there thank you so much for listening I hope you get a little kick out of that interview like I had a massive kick from it. Go and see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Talk to me about it on the socials. Can't wait to talk to you guys more.